Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 704. It's never too late to get out on the track. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Brian Lynn. Hey, Brian, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am, Mark. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Let's, let's do this. All right. Pedal to the metal. Brian Lynn is a weekend race warrior. He's figured out how to pull off all of this while having a job and a family outside of racing, and he does it with wins at an intense national level. Brian raced a 1972 midget. MG Midget in both HP and FP at the 2016 SCCA runoffs, running in two classes with one car is no easy feat. That culminated in earning the Sunoco Hard Charger Award in FP and then the SCCA President's Cup Award for the best performance at the runoffs. His father was a racer in Brian's race since his teens in cars including a Sprite, Spec Miata, Lotus 7, Honda CRX, and of course his MG Midget. And Brian also finds a little bit of time in his busy life to be a talented artist who creates digital paintings of automobiles and race cars in his spare time. You are one busy guy. So, Brian, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Before we get into the questions, could you take a little moment and share a little bit more about your career, your racing passion, and, of course, your passion for automobiles in general? Thanks, Mark. Yeah, it seems to be a lot, but uh, you got to be a little bit selfish to, to accomplish all that. and. Uh... And I guess I fit that bill. But uh, my dad raced, and as you mentioned, and uh, I grew up around it, learning that. My mom was an art teacher. I grew up taking in some of that mm -hmm. and uh, the appreciation of the car. And I went to school for industrial design at uh, Arizona State and graduated and kind of keep my design senses uh, busy and my race time busy in the garage and still try to keep the family happy. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, the reason I wanted to have Brian on today is, um, you know, Cars Yeah! is all about inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people who have figured out a way to wrap their passion for cars into their life. And, and while Brian's business, I understand, is in uh, point-of-purchase displays and artwork and design and that kind of thing, here's a guy who has a busy, self-employed business and a family, but he's figured out how to get on the racetrack and have some fun. And there's so many people out there that can't quite figure out how to juggle their life that way. So we're going to learn some of your little tips and tricks along the way. But first, as we continue on your journey, Brian, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? I know you love to jump in a car and drive fast, so Brian, take the wheel. Thanks, Mark. My mantra that I take with me is education is a lifelong process. And um, after graduating college and being a 20-something that knew it all and thought my education was done, I soon realized how much more I needed to learn. You know, to go along with that, another one is the more you know, the more you know you don't know <laughs> yes. is, an, is another that, um, you know, follows along that line. And, and um, here I am, 50 years old, and, and still uh, actively trying to, to learn as much as I can every day, so... Yeah, it's an awesome thing. And, you know, I have a friend who's a regular listener here in Cars, yeah. In fact, after the show, I'm going to go hang out with him at the LeMay Museum today. His name's Bill, and he's a neurosurgeon. And uh, he told me that once. He said, you know, when you're in medicine, you're in school your whole life. 
because you're always learning, always learning. But it's really true for the rest of us. So how do you incorporate that constant learning into what you do? What are some of the things that you do so that you're constantly pushing yourself and learning? Well, reading is is first and foremost because there's so much good information out there, whether it's a book or on the internet. And also, I've surrounded myself with people that are really bright and have you know a lot of experience, and and I I lean on them, and they they've been they've been great for me. I just saw a video with uh, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, and one of the things Warren Buffett said that stood out to me: you think he's you know he's 81 or 82 now, obviously very successful from a monetary standpoint and investing and so forth. But he said he reads five hours a day, wow. and you go. Who has time to read five hours a day? But right. but he looked at it as that's his ongoing uh, vocation. Is that's part of what he has to do to be learning about companies he's investing in and that kind of thing. I think when all of us sit back and look at what we are reading online these days, much less a book in our hand, that uh, we are reading probably a lot more than we ever have in the past. So it's a wonderful quest in life for sure. Well, let's go back in time a little bit. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated. Your passion for cars, I know your dad was a racer, so that was probably a piece of it, but is there a pivotal moment in your life when you realize that you too, just like your dad, was going to be a car guy? I'm sure. There, I mean, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but when I was a kid, all I wanted was Hot Wheels and you know race cars, model cars, and nothing else. And I can remember going to uh, a friend's house, and he had G.I. Joes and you know toys like that. Yeah. And I was just lost. You know? <laughs> it's so, like, what do you do with uh, that? <laughs> yeah, where's your cars? And so, Where's G.I. Joe's Jeep? <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, it probably goes way back then. But, uh, you know, when I was growing up with my dad in the garage and the Sprite is a fairly simple car, but um, for some reason the engine needed to come out and he went to work one summer day and I stayed home and I was 12 years old and, and uh, I pulled it out by myself and, you know, got it all detached and got it on the hoist and lifted it out. And when he got home, it was out and he was a bit surprised. But uh I think I knew back then that that was kind of my path. Yeah, I think when when you come home and your son has pulled the engine out of your car, you know, okay, I've got a grease monkey on my hand. So uh, uh, definitely, what a great story. Well, Brian, what I want to do is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a big challenge or better yet, a big failure that you faced along the way. Maybe it's in your racing. It could be in your career, in your life, wherever. But the most important part of this has to do with what it taught you and then how that experience helped you gain even more momentum so you could move forward. Well, I'm going to share a, a racing story, actually two of them. Cool. Uh, and they, they have to do with the runoff. And there is a lot of failure at the runoffs, a lot more than than success, obviously, because you, you have one winner and you have a few people that are happy with their finish, but a lot of uh, people that are unhappy. But right. at the two, 2007 runoffs in H production, I have a great, having a great battle with Tom Feller. I was leading on the you know, last lap. Um, we were coming up with a few corners to go. I saw him peek inside and uh, I tried to take it a little bit deeper and certainly deeper than either I or the car could, could manage. <laughs> and we uh, we went off the track and, and he went on to win and I, I managed to get back to second. But uh, I kind of let that one slip through my fingers and that, yeah. that one burned for a while. So came back the next year in a, in a similar car and, and uh, qualified on the front row and um, pole sitter had a problem on the, on the pace lap and pulled off. And we had a little bit of a gap on third place. So I was feeling very, fairly confident. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as we came around on the second pace lap and P 
few turns before the uh, pit entrance, I suddenly had no drive, and it turns out I had broken an axle oh. on the uh, on the second base lap, and so uh, that one that one clearly slipped through my fingers, and and uh, it was um, it was a little bit easier to accept since it wasn't a driving error, but mm-hmm. um, both of those really fueled me to say, okay, this is this can be done. There's a little hurdle here, and and we'll get back here, and we'll we'll eventually do it. And time was good to me. Eventually, we did, and now I'm a two-time champ. So well, it's awesome. You know, for those listeners out there that might not be as familiar with what SCCA racing is all about, because I wouldn't say it's a professional level racing. It's uh, more of a fun level racing, but it's very very competitive. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about why you got into SCCA racing and and what's it about? So they get some idea that, you know, these are some serious people out there that have committed a lot to going out and spending time on the track for uh, not the, the big public accolades like a NASCAR racer or a Formula One racer or an Indy racer might get. Yeah, SCCA, uh, Sports Car Club of America or SCCA.com. It's an organization that, that races all across the country and they do sanction some pro races, but uh, there's also entry level stuff that uh, many people start in. My dad started in it years ago, and that's how I, I got into it. Like you say, the budgets are all over the place. There's some guys that, uh, you know, drive in their street car there with have a roll cage in it and uh, some safety stuff. And then there's some guys that, that do have pro-level money that, uh, that find it enjoyable. So there are many different classes, many different styles from formula cars, spec racer Ford, a fiberglass body, you know, spec car, spec Miata is the most popular class and has some really great drivers. I know that you've talked to a few of those drivers. Yes. Spec Miata is a really great series because you can get in there. You don't have to work on the car every week. You can go out there and race. There's driver, you know, driving days. There's all sorts of things. So great place to start. It really is. And I had uh, the CEO and president of the SCCA, Lisa Noble, as a guest here on Cars Yeah. So for those listeners that want to learn a little bit more about it, you can go back and listen to her show on the Cars Yeah website and learn a little bit more about SCCA. But great organization. I've been a member since, oh gosh, long, long time, decades now. Well, Brian, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career or a racing aha moment. It's a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate a new path for a new direction for you to drive down. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into your success. Well, when I was in high school, my dad and his racing partner were uh, doing the West Coast IMSA races in a, in a Renault Alliance, back then a Renault Alliance Cup car. Mm-hmm. They had a sponsor from uh, Avery Dennison that did vinyl, and, and I hand cut all the vinyl, being the art graphic artist back then. And so the cars looked nice. And then we were at a race up at Portland and uh, Jim Piero Moretti, who owned MoMA wheels and the the MoMA GTP car, Mm -hmm. um, somehow needed his logo on the side of his car. And somehow we got connected. And so I hand cut, you know, MoMA out. Unfortunately, it was mostly straight letters, which I could do (laughs) uh, with a straight edge there and stuck it down. And he was super happy with it. I was ecstatic for, you know, I think I was probably 16, 17 at the time. And, and uh, he, he later sent me a steering wheel. And, and uh, you know, I still have that steering wheel as, as kind of a token, you know, my early days of, of doing uh, race car graphics. So. Oh, well, very, very cool. Well, it's uh, neat. You know, you mentioned Momo. I had uh, Enrique Cisneros, who's the principal. He owns Momo, the brand now. Gosh, yeah. I remember Momo back when I was a kid. I had Momo steering wheel on my Carmagia and, uh, you know, I was in high school. So that's one of those iconic brands. But that's pretty cool that you got to hand cut his uh, letters in the old days of hand cutting everything. 
Yeah, and he even uh, he made lunch that day at the track, a big pot of pasta, invited me me <laughs> over for. Uh, it was pretty awesome for. Oh my gosh, for a young lad. Ah, uh, yeah, that must have been really really cool. Well, let's talk for a moment about your proudest career or racing moment, and maybe you could share a memory about that moment. Well, this last year, as you said in the runoff, I won H production. That was back to back after winning a Daytona and a CRX. But about uh, a month ago, I got a call from uh, SCCA Vice President Eric Prill telling me that uh, I'd won the President's Cup, and there were 550 or so drivers competing at the runoffs. Wow! And so to win to win that award is 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 big on just on that level. But to see my name on the trophy along with uh, Roger Penske, Bobby Rahal, Jimmy Vassar, Skip Barber. You know, it, it just leaves me speechless. Well, congratulations for that. And, you know, the guy that introduced me to you, Jim Kearney, told me an interesting story about that adventure where you had to pull an engine out and fix it and get back. I mean, you're you're running two different classes the same weekend. How do you do that? Well, you know, when I made that decision, it, it seemed like a, a good decision. And when we got there, I thought, what was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're running two classes, same car, but they require two different spec engines. Right. One's a little bit more modified. So, And we had to make, uh, I think, two more engine changes than we had planned because of something went wrong mm-hmm. uh, early in the week in one of them. And it got us behind in the F production class. But it all worked out. And I, and I can't thank enough David Kaiser who helped me there and Bill Blust and Jamie Blust. They were hands-on there to, yeah. to to help with these engine changes. And, and oddly enough, David Kaiser, um, we met him. My dad met him in 1979 at the runoffs when he was crew chief for his wife, car, Kat Kaiser. And she won H production back in 79 and the President's Cup. So it's, oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> you guys come sh- full circle. Yeah, yeah, you guys share a little story there. Well, that's cool. I, I find that amazing that you were able to pull that off. And when I was vintage racing, some of the races, I had two different cars. I would jump from a Lotus 18 into a Lola T290 sports racer. And that was hard enough getting two different very kind of cars. But I, I can't imagine the same car having to swap engines. At least the handling's kind of the same. So there's some familiarity there. But... uh Oh, my goodness. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's amazing. And then when we got there, we realized that we also needed to change differentials because the gearing was just a little bit different. And so there was one little more change, you know, that we had to do. Fortunately, weight was, was similar and we, we didn't have to adjust that. Wow. Well, again, congratulations uh, for those awards. Absolutely spectacular. Let's have a little bit more fun here. And I'd love for you to go back in time and talk about your very first special car. This could be a street car or race car, but the first one that was really, really special for you. And maybe share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, the first car that my dad had, and he had it for years and years, Austin, he always sprite, a bug eyed sprite. And, you know, that's what I learned to work, to wrench on essentially. And, and then we shared it for a few years. And then shortly after that, uh, you know, I said I was going to get my own car. And he said, well, why don't you just take this one? And so it was mine. And, and that's what I went to my first, you know, few runoffs with. And so it was part of the family to me. I mean, it, it was something that I had been around for years and years. And unfortunately, H production at that time, had uh, low participation out here on the West Coast, I and mean, it was okay in some parts of the country. And um, I wanted to—that's uh, when I decided to go spec Miata because that was a growing class, and and so I sold it. And uh, there was some seller's remorse here, just because when I sold it and took it to the track and let the new owner drive it, and just seeing someone else sitting in it, and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and then helping him load it up on his trailer and watching it pull out of Button Willow—that was. Uh, 
that was a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> it's like when your your buddy uh, ends up dating your old girlfriend. You kind of like, well, I kind of broke up with her, but I don't know if I like this or not. So. Yeah, so there's a lot like that. Very hard. Yeah, I guess so. Is and is that your seller's remorse story? That car? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because it was uh, it was a sad day. Ah, uh, well. Sometimes it's just time to move on and not look in the rearview mirror. That's the key. That's right. Don't look back. Uh, the memories are usually better than the reality when you go back to those kind of things. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. I love, you know, we're at the beginning of the new year here, 2017. I'd love to hear a little bit about what you have planned in the future for racing this year. I assume you're still racing. You're going to continue to have some fun with that. So what has you really excited and fired up? Well, yeah, our season already started out here. Uh, we raced a few weeks ago at uh, California Speedway or Auto Club Speedway and managed to pull off two wins in F production. And, and kind right. of we're trying to get qualified uh, for the uh, SCCA runoffs that will be at uh, Indy this year mm -hmm. for the first time. And everyone's pretty excited about that. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, we're going to do that. And uh, I'm trying to do the two classes again, although um, there's some chance I might be in a, in a Lotus 7 at Indy and F production if... Uh, if one becomes available, which uh, I have some friends that are building building one right now. Oh, those are fun cars. Now, explain to our listeners a little bit about what exactly F production means. F production, they have uh, they started off with A through H production, but they've uh, whittled away some of the classes. Now we just have E, F, and H production, and they uh, E is the fastest based on engine size and weight and some other you know parameters, performance parameters. Mm -hmm. While H production is typically the slowest of the classes, so F production includes things like Mazda Miatas, where they, you know, you cut off the windshield, you have an open roadster, uh, you have a roll cage in there and fiberglass fenders and, and you lower them and, and they look pretty racy. MG Midgets, Lotus Super 7s, Acuras, there's a wide variety of cars that they fit in there and, and they somehow get it, you know, pretty close. But, you know, it's dependent on track to track where some cars are better at some tracks and others at other tracks. And the Lotus seems to be a pretty good car, so... We're trying to we're trying to get that ready for Indy. Yeah, those look like they're a blast to drive. Very cool. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Brian. If you were a car or a race car, what kind of car would you be? That is a really tough question. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe uh maybe a go kart. A go kart. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not big, it's not bulky, but surprisingly quick and, and fun to you know, to, to go out there and, and take around the track. Not pretentious, so okay. maybe that's it. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I know in our pre-show chat, Brian and I were talking, and we touched on this question a little bit, and he mentioned uh, maybe a BMW art car, which I told him, because of his art background, that kind of fits in. is very cool. He would have been the first art car, but I think he gave a little more thought to this question, and uh, that kind of makes sense for me for what you've been doing with racing all this time, because a lot of people start with karting. So I know you're not a big, bold, brash kind of guy. You don't sit there and flaunt your trophies and stuff. You're a very humble, man. So I think that's a good answer for you. Thank you. So, Brian, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN 
Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Driving never meant more as the all-new driving adventure awaits you with a not-for-profit Drive Toward a Cure. Combines two spirited drives for a weekend of cars and camaraderie in Paso Robles, California. All to support finding a cure for Parkinson's disease. In a showcase of ribbon roads in California of chrome and elegance coming up this April 28th. Enjoy some of the nicest cars, people, drives, wine tasting, and luxury receptions while driving towards a cure for Parkinson's. To register or donate, click on drivetowardacure.com or check out Cars Yeah guest Deb Pollock's show notes page where there's links to Drive Toward a Cure. Donate today, or better yet, go for the drive. Okay, Brian, we are back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. Are you ready? Sure. Here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? I think the one that I follow more recently now is don't leave stuff finger tight, where it has the appearance of of being, you know, possibly ready, you know, or half done. Go ahead and and make sure before you walk away that you, you torque it. To whatever it needs to be, and uh, there'll be less less problems later. Oh, I you know I can't tell you how many times I've heard of of things going on like that, and it's so easy to get distracted. You know, you're putting a wheel back on a car, and you just you know put the lug nuts on, it and someone says something, you walk away, and you come back, go, oh yeah, I already put that on. You lower the car, and then uh oh, right, that's uh, exactly it. Yeah, so easy to do at the racetrack because people are coming up all the time and asking questions, and you know you just see someone you want to talk to. And yeah, focus. You know, I wrote a great story for our local uh, vintage racing group, Sovereign, about when I was racing a, a Lola T290. And I came in from the track, and uh, the mechanic that was helping me walked up and he said, Hey, Mark, you're the first guy who's come back from a race with more parts on the car than he left. And <laughs> I, I looked at him and I said, What? And he goes, Check this out. And I walked around the front of the car, and there was a huge bolt that had come off of a car and impaled itself in the front of my car. I mean, this thing was four inches long. If it had hit me in the face, I'd look like uh, Massa did after that F1 race yeah, when he got no. whacked in the face. Yeah, so tighten, especially on a track, tighten everything up because you could really hurt somebody, much less yourself in your car. Right. Great advice. Now, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success? I think kind of back to the reading, but uh, study, study, study. There's so much to, to, to learn. I mean, whether it's looking at track maps, watching videos online of, you know, my even if it's my own, my video or someone else's video, if you're going to a new track, mm-hmm. looking at old data, reading the tech books, there's so much to to learn. That's kind of the, the, the habit that I follow. Great habit to have. Now, how about a resource? There's lots of great resources out there these days, but is there one that you'd like to share? 
I want to go back to the, you know, when we were talking about SCCA and SCCA.com, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to get into racing or track days or even just be around it and you want to volunteer, you can be a corner worker or work pre-grid, post-race inspection. There's so many areas that you can help out with. It's, it's a really good source. Well, and even if you're thinking about getting into racing, it's fun to go and participate and help with some events just to kind of be in the environment. And that way you can talk to other drivers and go, how did you get into this? How did you get started? How do you fund this adventure that you're doing? Or what is it you like? What do you not like? And you can kind of find your right place in an organization, whether it's SCCA or club events or vintage racing or anything. Yeah. Great resource. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? I think I'd have to go with uh, Ayrton Senna. Uh, Uh (laughs) I was a huge fan, and uh, that was a great loss. I'm not sure if he would enjoy our conversation as much as (laughs) As you would. He seems a little bit reserved. Yeah, and I would have to brush up on my Portuguese. (laughs) That would probably be number one. Uh, he was somebody that uh, I followed as well. I, in fact, I even have on my business card one of his quotes, which is, past is just data. I only see the future. And uh, I really enjoyed following him in racing. I like the movie, of course. And, uh, oh, yeah, wouldn't that be fun? It would be fun to sit down and just spend an hour with him and, and just ask him questions and, and listen to what he had to say. Very intense guy, that's for sure. Yes. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read that you think the Car Show listeners would enjoy? Uh, I really enjoyed The Unfair Advantage mm, with yeah. uh, Mark Donahue and Paul uh, Van uh, Valkenberg, I believe. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that's a great book. Um, you know, it really takes you back to a time when things were simpler and, and, you know, the way they developed stuff and all the stuff that was going on and how they were, you know, even a little bit underfunded for what they pulled off. So Absolutely. Paul Valkenberg was the author on that book, if I remember right. I've got it on my shelf behind me here somewhere. It was a great book. I've had it for a long time. Talked about, what was it, 1974? Mark Donahue took a year off and uh, wrote that book, so uh, or co-authored the book, I guess, a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, very cool. Well, listeners, you can find all these great resources Brian's been so kind to share on his very own show notes page at the Cars yeah website, carsyeah.com slash Brian Lynn, L-I-N-N. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book and the past 703 guest books are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's an awesome resource. You can just go through and look at all the awesome books that the uh, past guests here have suggested that we car-loving people enjoy. There's some wonderful books listed there. All right, we are up to the checkered flag you're a racer you know what that means the white flag's out time to put our foot into it and this last question brian could be a bit of a doozy if you could have only one very cool collector car or maybe it's a vintage race car of some kind but money's no object today i'm going to buy you whatever you'd like to park in your garage or take to the track what would that vehicle be and why probably go back to mr senna and and say the uh mclaren mp4 4 i believe the 81 88 formula one car I was going to school in, in Arizona at the time and the Formula One race down there and that vibrant uh, day glow orange red of the, <laughs> the McLaren, the marble McLaren there was just amazing. And, and uh, you know, being a huge fan of him and that car was just, you know, just such a beautiful car. Oh, well, it's such an iconic car, if you will. I think a lot of people, when they think of Senna, that's one of the one of the cars that you think of at least. You know, right. Uh, yeah, there's so just, many. Yeah, there are there are a few that he's driven that, that he uh, immortalized for sure. But that car, uh, just 
Yeah, wings, downforce, power. It was a Honda engine car, I believe, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah, that was a nice one. I think you'd have some fun on the track in that thing. Oh, I'd scare myself. <laughs> well, you know, you wouldn't want to drive it at the level that he drove it, that's for sure. But, uh, no. you know, still be fun to go out and uh, putz around. Yeah, maybe take that thing to the uh, vintage racing in Monaco and, uh, yeah, drive around the track. But, ah, uh, you picked a great one. Well, I'll get to work on that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Brian, you've taken me on a great ride today. Some nice hot laps around the track. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey and your racing with me and with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of wisdom and guidance before you rip off down the track in that McLaren MP4 slash 4? Sure, Mark. Thanks again for having me. You're welcome. You know, I think if uh, people want to try out getting on the track there's track days and other stuff and and it's just a it can be a life-changing event so you don't have to make the huge investment you don't have to go racing there's all sorts of events across the country so i would say just for people to give it a try young or old and and even if, even if they don't have the funds you know maybe you just go to the track and and kind of hang out at uh, one of these events and, and learn something and and find someone that maybe will let you work there or, yeah. or do something so being around it's just a great great life it's never too late. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? And I understand you have a website, uh, Linspeed. It's titled linspeed.com, where people can go and see your artwork. Because we didn't touch on that too much, but you do some really cool artwork. Thanks, Mark. That's where I took my mom's interest in art and uh, transferred it to the, the racing world. And, and it's a little side thing for me. It's linspeed.com, like you said, or like me on Facebook at, at linspeed. That's L-I-N-N-S-P-E-E-D. It's just something on the side that I enjoy to do. Uh, it's certainly not going to uh, allow me to retire anytime soon, but it is enjoyable, and I, I like to get a kick out of it. Absolutely, yeah, and I'll encourage people. Uh, you can check out Brian's show notes page here at carsyet.com. I'll have a link to that. Go check out this artwork. It's really, really good. I, I really enjoyed looking at all your different pieces of artwork. It's really fun. Cool cars. If you want to buy some of his prints, of course, you can do that there as well. So. I would encourage you to check that out, or you can find Brian on Facebook. Listeners, you can go and find everything, again, that you want to find about Brian here on the Cars yeah website. Just type Brian in the search bar, and that page will pop right up. Hey, Brian, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise. I know we're recording this on an early Saturday morning. I appreciate you taking some time out of your weekend to share it with the Cars yeah listeners and with me. Till we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you having me on today and uh, appreciate the platform. And I've just, uh, I'm only uh, 20 or so into the podcast, but I'm, I got some, some catching up to do and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Well, good. Yeah, at 20, you got another 703 to go. So uh, I have some fun out there. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!